The greatest Aussie export since ACDC will release their seventh studio album, Darker Still, on September 9 via their very own Parkway Records. It is my absolute honour and pleasure to welcome back Moses of the Mosh, Winston McCall from Parkway Drive. That's possibly the greatest introduction I've ever had. <laughs> Somebody did their research last night watching Viva the Underdogs, didn't they? <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, dude. If I ever become a wrestler, you can be my hype, man. I'll give you that. Yeah, done. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But look, you, you've got a, a career in music which you need to define and keep working on because we are just seeing the band grow from strength to strength with every album that's coming out. Uh, Darker Still, once again, has Parkway Drive honing in on those heavy metal aspects that you've been touching on from Aya through Reverence. And now it just seems to be the fact that you guys are playing alongside the greats, the Metallica's, you know, the, the Iron Maidens, the Guns N' Roses. This is what I heard and pictured when I heard this album all the way through. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, interview over. Interview done. Um, yeah, no, nah, man. Like, uh, first of all, thank you very much. Like, that's some very high praise. Um, because to be honest, like, that was the goal of a lot of it. Like, really, it was, um, it was an attempt to, uh, to raise the level of what we do artistically to the level that those bands hold, because that is some iconic shit that you just said there. Like you're literally the greatest bands in rock and heavy metal, like, and from an artistic point, it's like, it's not just niche stuff. You're talking about mainstream iconography. And when we started writing the, the music for this, for this album, it was the thing where we hadn't played shows in, God, it was over six months. Like, there's no muscle memory. There's no, like, idea that this is even coming back. And you're writing, like, six months, start writing six months into the pandemic and you realise it's going on for years. The idea of even being on stage again is, like, that might never happen. So just write, just write music for the sake of music. And when you're going to set yourself a goal, like, it's always been do, like, do a bit of an expanse on what you already do. And this was just, like, all right, know what you do and then, go like aim for those kind of realms of sound the realms which seem like take imagination beyond anything you've done before and that's kind of what we went for it was literally the no holds barred no excuses if you can't figure out how to do it instead of like going to something comfortable figure out how the hell to do it and just yeah. commit. so it was a lot of like it's just a massive amount of work in areas that we have not done before but like really was like you just we weren't looking back at previous things as a as a touchstone to go like okay we kind of do it like that we were like no these people have done something special in the past and it's remained for 20 30 years 40 years like let's let's aim for that like let's aim to try and do something that like could stand up with that kind of stuff <laughs> whether or not we succeeded yeah <laughs> It's, it's the legacy of leaving behind the music that is going to be with generations upon generations. I mean, yep. everyone who's been a fan of Parkway Drive can go back through the back catalogs and you can always pinpoint the song or the album that made you a fan. But this is the stuff that people are going to look back in, you know, 20 years from now and go, holy fuck, that was the, def the defining moment. The band really took that trajectory as far as they could, you know, grasp it yep. by the balls and fucking go hard. Yeah, we shall see because that's definitely what it's designed to do. Like it is 
audacious and ambitious in a way that we've never been before. Because like you, you have very like you have self-imposed lanes that you stick in when you're when you're doing this day in day out for 20 years like no matter what it's going to influence you in some way shape or form with what what you do when you're creating and this was literally just imagination and daring to be ambitious in what you're actually chasing because a lot of the time ambition is seen as like i don't know like trying to be something you're not um and this was the chance to just go no it's not about trying to be something we're not it's trying to be something that we could be and that that was kind of it It was like this could be the last album you ever make so what's the potential what's the true potential that you have that you've never been able to hit before and that's what we aim for so and how do you go fucking hard and leave people wanting more honestly for for i don't want to focus on the the naysayers and the negative people because they can all eat a dick and fuck off but honestly <laughs> You've got songs on here, like obviously The Greatest Fear, Soul Bleach and Land of the Lost, that still prove you have those metalcore, those core elements and your screams are just absolutely defined on this, which when we first uh, had our first interview, you said you finally learned how to scream and now, you know, two, three albums later, you're still honing in on that and doing different things. So, you know, yourself, you're growing as a musician, the band are all getting together and just fine-tuning what they can do. And Jeff, I, I hate to say it, but this album is just the Jeff show. I fucking love the fact that he gets to be that shred master he's always wanted to be. Finally, man. Yes, 100%. Like, yeah. I've always thought that he is one of the most underrated guitarists in the entire metal scene, to be honest. And there's something, like, the thing that's always defined him that I've always loved about his playing is, like, he's got a lot of soul. There's a lot of soul in his playing. Like, for all the technical wizardry and everything that goes with goes within metal, like, soul is the thing which which connects with people and that's how jeff plays and this was the the album where like dude darker still has like three guitar solos in it and they all <laughs> have it and it's all like a different piece of his soul each one of them matters which is the thing and i was like dude if you could if, if that's what's needed in a song and it's like it doesn't come across as like wankery then that says something about your playing so i'm really glad that that that's what you picked up because yeah jeff goes nuts on this thing <laughs> It's, it's funny that you mentioned Darker Still because that was a question I was going to bring up, but fuck it and bring it in now. Uh, it's almost seven minutes long. It is a metal opus, and like you said, three guitar solos in there. But the thing is, you don't get bored. You chuck this thing on, and from the start to the end, it captivates you. Like, you go on this journey, and the only equivalent we had on the last album was Kronos. So now to up the ante and to put a song out that's kind of like of the equivalent of Nothing Else Matters meets, you know, Unforgiven, those long metal anthems, you have absolutely nailed it with this one. It is my favourite track, and I always... Say yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to like you know the, the title track of an album. I want to dive deep, but I dove into this and loved it instantly. Thanks, man. Thank you so much because that is that was the goal, and it's been this like it's my favorite thing that we've ever done, like straight up. Um, because that really is like it encapsulates like Jeff's initial like dreams of being a guitarist in the fact that when we started this band, like and still to this day, his favorite band's Metallica. Like the references you put down there, it's like Jeff's influence through and through. But we never had the ability to even try something like this up until this album. And we'd attempted to on two previous records and couldn't do it and rolled it back on like into like a safer sound. And he just wrote that riff um, and 
chucked the whistling part at the start of it and we're like dude nothing else matters like you got to write a song like that like we have to make the riff into that kind of song and it was like a two-year challenge of writing that thing of like we'd get a bit of it done and then it, it would seem like this mountain we couldn't climb and we'd be like it's so catchy let's just make like a like a just a banger out of it and we'd do that and we'd be like it's wasted in a banger it's got to be something epic it has to be epic and it's got to be the most epic song we've ever written and it's just like it's completely different from anything we've made like if if chronos are you correct in saying like chronos is the closest reference but even that is built around the heavy parkway sound like i'm not really screaming at all in this entire song it's all sung it's quite soft it's like very tender the majority of it's like acoustic but with those lead guitars running through them and then it's got like november rain halfway through yeah it. that's exactly <laughs> it see the, the anthemic really long songs that yeah. you listen and you're captivated by this is your mark so take yeah. that with you for the rest of your career what i want to yeah, know though is can you right now in front of everyone whistle for me oh yeah do you yep, want me to go, yep go on See, look, you go. you've got practice. Yeah, I can't whistle. whistle. I can't whistle in front of five people, let alone fucking tens of thousands. So how the fuck are you going to pull that off? Get ready to hear that a lot in your brain once you hear this song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, to be honest, like, that whistle is a, a, is a culmination of a lot of us doing a lot of tracks. But the one, there's the solo at the start, the last whistle, and then the bass for it was actually when we, when we went to track it, we we're like, who's going to do this whistle? We're like, we're all okay, but it's not quite good enough. And we're like, we're doing a big album. Let's literally find the world's best whistler. So we Google. Touching <laughs> 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 like, the Google, world's best whistler. And this girl called Molly came up and we watched her like doing stuff in Paris, in the Louvre and stuff. And we're like, oh my God. And Luke's like, I'll get in contact with her and see what she says. And he got in contact with her and was like, yo, you want to you wanna do some stuff for this band called Parkway Drive? And she's like, yeah, of course. Like I, I went to Byron High. Like <laughs> she's <laughs> actually... <laughs> Get that's actually... fucked. Yeah, what? man, it was a so, Wow. So it's like I used to go to the youth center gigs. It was sick. So so she's um she she did the solo at the start and laid down the bass for it, and then we just like layered our versions on top of that. But in terms of me doing it live, I'm definitely relying on the audience's ability to help me out with that one. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why there's so much behind it. She's like, she's literally world's best whistler. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't believe that. I'm going to do some research about about yeah, her dude. going after this interview because that's fucking brilliant. And the fact that she's from Byron too, that's insane. Oh, trip, man, trip, meant to be. <laughs> now, look, as you grow and you develop and you become the metal icons you were always destined to be, are we going to see Parkway Drive releasing some pop vinyl characters soon? Because that's what the world needs. <laughs> I've actually thought about this for some reason. I don't know why, but I have <laughs> thought about it. And I don't know how to go about it, but I mean, yeah. I mean, check that check that out. That's all you need. I've got my own. I don't, oh, yeah, uh, that's and pretty good, but he's at least wearing a hat. I'm just like, here's Jeff. He's got on jeans and a T-shirt. Here's Ben. <laughs> He's wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Like, really iconic well, there, boys. <laughs> well, just have a microphone in one hand and a boogie board in the other. Yeah, that's actually sick. Why that's you. Kidding? See? Yeah, okay. Hire yeah. me as your marketing team. I'll okay. do it for free, <laughs> Winnow. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Now, as we sort of ease towards the end of uh, the interview itself, one thing I picked up on in Viva the Underdogs was the predictions that you guys had in five years' time, where are you going to be? You're currently sitting at album number seven, and I want to know, because, Winston, I'm going to be following your career for the rest of my life until I die. So where do you see the band going by the time you hit album 10? Oh, fuck. I don't know. See, here's the really weird thing. Um, normally, I know what the next album is going to be. I finish, like, we finish up an album and I'm like, that was good. But I know that there's places that we can take this beyond anything that we've done before. This album we finished up and I'm like, the fuck do we go now? Like, I've got no idea, like, what to create after this because it's, like, it's hit things which I never thought we could hit. Like, it's the... There's nothing left in the imagination bank. So it's going to be really interesting to see where we go sonically after this. But it, the, like, as far as we're concerned, the shackles are off in any way, shape or form. Like we're coming back from COVID. We know what it's like to lose absolutely everything. And we know what it's like to come back having an album like that we always dreamed of making under our belts and the ambition to push it as far as possible. And I'm quite upfront with saying that this is a very ambitious album. I would rather aim for the world <laughs> and and miss knowing that the worst that can happen is you get locked in your house and never get to go back out again. So yeah, coming back, yeah. I'd rather aim for the world. I'd rather like the next monster of metal come from Australia than anywhere else. And I'd love to be that band. And that's what we were writing for. That's the thing. At the end of the day, you know that we love playing to 30 people in a dingy little club. We got Parkway's 20 year anniversary coming up. Plenty of things to be stoked about but in the meantime mm. i will design i will design a show for the biggest arena tour we're doing in europe in a month's time and like the best album that i think we've ever created and see where that takes us so in 10 years time who the fuck knows <laughs> well well mate when i when i saw reverence uh the album i gave it a 10 out of 10 when i saw the show i said holy fuck this is the best show i've ever seen and i still stand by that so how can you top that how can you level up from moses of the mosh do you become <laughs> god, of, god of the gutturals god, god <laughs> whaler on the wall um <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, there's there's plenty. That's the thing. Like all we ever do is is learn. It's not like it's not something where we've ever tried to just move away from what we do. We just keep ourselves rooted in the in the one place and grow and and learn what the strengths are. And we've not been idle during COVID. Like what we're working on now is the culmination of 20 years of knowing our stuff and owning it and keeping on growing. So is the next thing like the next show from Parkway that we get to bring gonna be good? yes <laughs> it's gonna be good it's it's really really good like it's not it's not even necessarily about leveling up for us it's it's a constant evolution and just making sure the music hits in every way it possibly can and taking you like when you go to a parkway gig you're at a gig that is memorable from start to finish in its own unique way and yeah we're keeping working. <laughs> I've, I've legit, legitimately got goosebumps now. <laughs> the, the, the progression, the just just the maturity, the, the humbleness. Like, Winston, I, you probably do realise this, and, and it's, it's hard to take compliments from people, but it, it is so good and refreshing watching the band grow and learn at the same time as us fans follow those steps. Like, you're two steps ahead of where we are, like, appreciating your music and all yeah. that, but you're still trying to figure it all out, and we're like, fuck, we're still trying to figure out this new sound. Yeah, man. Yeah. And and trust me, it works both ways. Like it's pretty, 
we, this is our only experience being in a band, but I have plenty of friends who have like want to expand their sound or have and have fans that have not taken to it kindly or have not been understanding of things. And like, it's a, it's a brutal industry being just an artist full stop. Like it, it really is the thing where you, you carve off pieces of yourself and put it into what you do and hope that people understand what it is because when they don't, it's, it's like, it's a quite a brutal feeling, but it seems like the magic thing has always been that the connection of whatever we have with our fans has been one where people are willing to give it the time and to understand what the artistic intent is and understand it for a place beyond cynicism of like, maybe they're just trying to do it to get some money. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so easy for people to say that. Like, seriously, like, so easy. And it does, like, the fact that it doesn't happen is... This makes me stoked, dude. Like, it makes me really stoked. <laughs> Look, just keep doing what you're doing. Everyone will jump in where they need to. And obviously, yeah. the the dream and the vision with this album, it's something you have to listen from start to finish. You can't just listen to the singles and expect to pick it up. There is so much to <laughs> unpack with Darker <laughs> still. And I honestly cannot wait for the rest of the world to hear this. Uh, it is coming out September 9, Parkway Records. Winston McCall, as always, it is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for stopping by Wall of Sound. It is, Brownie. Thank you. Oh, I'm